With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it's easy to get sidetracked, isn't it, when things don't go right. But such is life. We, uh, we are going to be looking today in the book of Jude. In the book of Jude. And uh, we will look... We'll start in verse 1. Let's just say that, all right? We'll start in verse 1. Not sure exactly how far we'll go in the book of Jude, but during the month, during this month, the month of February, we will be going through and looking uh, in Jude. And so, want I also make mention, I did not uh, mention this earlier, for, well, just slipped my mind, but next Sunday will be Youth Sunday. The youth will be doing the classes and stuff and following our uh, morning Sunday school time or small group time we'll be having a meal uh, don't be cooked having spaghetti and so uh, uh, we'll have the spaghetti and the, the fixings and stuff for the spaghetti but if you'd like to bring a dessert or a drink that would be greatly appreciated and we'll have a meal uh, at the end of services and so uh, remember that next week be praying for you as they prepare to teach and get ready uh, for next Sunday. Uh, during the month of March we're going to begin looking in the book of Acts and uh, going to just look at the early church uh, in the in the book of Acts. You know uh, in the book of Jude, Jude is a, a warning, uh, Jude gives a warning to the church with an emphasis on uh, the perils of apostasy and you know really Jude has is telling the church there that they need to be faithful to their faith uh, in Jesus Christ you know as I make, uh, make mention of that word and say that uh, Jude is a uh, gives us the perils of apostasy I guess the first thing that we need to ask and need to wonder well what is apostasy I mean that just seems uh well, I mean, you might say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm against apostasy. Yeah, yeah, you know. No, I'm, but uh, if, we, if we look uh, as far as apostasy, so many times people think apostasy is a major turning away from, from God and it's, and it's uh, uh, introducing heresy into the church. But really, when we look at apostasy, it is anything that really where someone is turning away from the truth. You know, so many people today, we'll talk about people backsliding, right? You know, with someone backsliding, maybe someone that loses their enthusiasm for God or may uh, fall into some moral failure, and we may say they have backslid away from God. We may talk about someone being carnal and away from God, you know, uh, not living their life for God. But 
So really apostasy is turning away from the truth. And it would be easy for us to say, oh, well, we're going to look at apostasy uh, this week. And so I, I, I shouldn't even come. Because I'm not part of anybody. You know, God is wonder in our lives. How many times do we really turn away from the truth of God in our own life? We'll see as far as a progression against apostasy. What will end up happening is we'll have some sin come into our life. And when we have a sin come into our life, really we have two choices. We can either repent and turn from it. But what's the thing that happens so many times? People try to begin to justify it, don't they? If you're trying to, in your mind, justify your sin, what are you trying to do? You're trying to turn the truth, aren't you? Right? I mean, isn't that what happens? And as we'll see, that's what happened in the church here. But it got to the point where the people that were trying to turn in their mind and think, well, that is all right. Well, goodness, if I'm doing this sin and I want to say it's all right for me and I don't want y'all to think bad of me, what am I going to have to start doing? Teaching y'all that it's all right. Right? Then what ends up happening? The whole church is in the heresy and apostasy. And for us, we may think, well, this isn't a message to me because I'm not the pastor of the church. But how many people do you have influence over in your life? Parents and grandparents, it's your kids. You know, just Within the last year, there was a person talking with Angie about some problems in one of their kids' lives. And they were saying, how can we get them out of this situation? Which age is a lot nicer than me. Or maybe just don't. You know what I was saying? Hun, they learned it from you. The way you've lived your life the past 15 years, you've taught them to live that way. And now you're not wanting them to fall into that sin. But really what you've done, you've taught them to live in sin. And how many of us the same thing. We'll see something happening in somebody we love. And we'll think, goodness, I wish they weren't going down that path. And I wonder if we were the ones that taught them to live that way. And Jude has this warning against the church. Uh, we for uh, not going to <coughs> apostasy. You know, apostasy is a matter of obedience not a matter of salvation. So many times we think someone that's an apostate or someone that falls into heresy is someone that is not saved. 
you know, a Christian can turn away from God and begin and begin leading others away from God just as easily as a lost person. So it's uh, we even you know even with us today here. How many people do you know, or maybe even yourself, that once was faithful to God, once was faithful to worship, faithful to, to serve, but now they've turned away and begin to make excuses on why and reasons why that they're, they're not serving Him. That they have turned away from the truth. Jude, Jude was written to believers and most or some would think it was written to Jewish believers because we'll see if we go through the book of Jude that there's a number of references to the Old Testament and who would have known the Old Testament better than anyone? The Jews, right? I mean, they, uh, they would have been the ones. And so it may have been written to Jewish uh, believers but it was believers that it was written to and it gives a warning uh, to the believers. And we're going to start out this morning, and I'm not sure exactly how far we'll get before we stop. But we're going to, I'm going to try my best to stop when God says stop, alright? And uh, I know we're not going to get as far as what I have notes on. But uh, let's just pray that God speaks to each one of us today uh, as we as we go through the book of Jude. But let's all stand. And we'll begin reading more. We'll read the first four verses of the book of Jude. So Jude 1 through 4. There's only one chapter. Really, you don't say the chapter. It's just Jude. Beginning with verse 1. The Bible says, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, I just pray, Lord, as we look in your word today, Lord, I pray you'd be uplifted. God, I pray you'd move in my life, God. Lord, show me, Lord, ways in my life, God, that I turn from the truth. Lord, I just pray. Lord, that we would be encouraged for what you've done for us. 
God, I pray this wouldn't be a time of discouragement. God, God, a time that we could be drawn to you, convicted of our sin, God. Lord, a time of repentance, a time of praise, Lord, for what you've done for us. Lord, I pray you'd work in this place today. Lord, I pray for your unction to preach your word, God. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit, Lord, would just move in a mighty way. We just want to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all can be seated. Was well, to look here in the book of Jude. You know, the first question somebody, someone may ask, well, who was Jude? And really, the, the name Jude in the Greek would usually mean, the more proper name in the Greek would be Judas. And But this book was not written by Judas. Uh, Iscariot, but most, I guess the most famous Judas, the uh, the name in the Hebrew would be Judah, which means praise. Which you know was was one of uh, Jacob's sons was named Judah. Jesus came from the line of Judah, but here Jude most and traditionally think that Jude was written by the half brother. Of Jesus. You know, some would say, well, there was an apostle besides Judas Iscariot. There was a, another Judas, and some say it was him, but most would say that it was from the half brother of Jesus because what was Jesus? Half, uh, uh, another half brother of Jesus was James, right? And he was uh, very prominent in the church at Jerusalem. When Jesus was here on earth, we can see from uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, it lists uh, Jesus, some of Jesus' brothers. And during Jesus' time while he was here on earth, they really were not believers. You know, a lot of times it's more difficult to convince folks that are the closest to you in your family, right? You know? But after the resurrection, when the Bible says that Jesus appeared to James and the apostles, you know, James became a believer. And probably Judas, his brother, did about this same time. But here, Jude, look at how he introduces himself. You know, if he was the brother of Jesus, if you want to introduce yourself, what would be the first thing that you'd say? Hey, I'm Jesus' brother. Listen to me. Right? Just over the last, uh, well, I guess I've noticed this for a long time, but just within the past few weeks, I was at a, at a meeting, and it, there was a bunch of pastors and stuff there. The fellow said, uh, that was conducting the meeting, he said, if you'll go around and introduce yourself, you know, some folks, when they introduce themselves, well, I'm so-and-so, and I've done this, and I've done that, and I've lived here, and I've lived this, and I've done this, and I've done this, and 
You ever met anybody like that? You ever heard anybody get up before they preach or before they speak and it seemed like the introduction was longer than what they were going to say? You know, when they did it, in which I just never have really cared for that, you know, myself. And when it comes time to me introduce myself, I said, well, I'm David Whitner. I went here to school and I have no idea. You know, I was supposed to pick the, you know, in the third grade, I made hundreds on all my spelling tests. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I just didn't, uh, that, that is a true fact. I just hadn't <laughs> had learned to spell many words past the third grade. But anyway, that, you know, but uh, I just said, I'm David Whitener, pastor at Hilltown. That was it, you know, pastor. But here, what did Judas, Jews say? He said, I'm Jew. Here in our translation, it says bond servant. In the Greek, the word that was used, I'm a slave to Jesus Christ. If you don't exactly know who I'm, I'm James's brother. But who am I? slave to Jesus. And I wonder how many times we try to exalt ourselves and pump ourselves up when we really just need to be saved. I'm still slave to Jesus. I'm dead servant of Jesus Christ. That's who he was. And here you know, the next we need to ask, who was he writing to? The Bible goes on, and it says, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and perseverance, are preserved in Jesus Christ. You know, right here, he begins telling them that he's writing to the believers. And if we look, Jude begins something here that we'll see throughout his epistle so many times. And some would say that this is a, a sermon. And I guess Jude, he must have been a good preacher because you know what? So many times, everything he does is in threes. He gives three different points. Look at this right here. It's the first of the uh, what some would call triads. I kind of, I guess, with a music background, think of triplets. Right, Ron? He says, to those who are called, you know, first thing he said, you need to remember. He said, you are called in the past. I think we can see in this verse a picture of the Trinity. Who was it called them? The Holy Spirit of God moved in their heart. You know, you today, if you come, if you come to know Jesus as your Savior, it's because the Holy Spirit will move in you and realize you'll realize your need for a Savior. You say, well, David, are you Calvinistic beliefs? No, I tell you what I believe. I believe that God calls 
everyone sometime in their life. But if you don't come on your terms, you come when God calls you. When you feel that convicting power of God, and you realize you're lost. And that there's nothing you can do to forgive when you're sin. You turn to him that you're saved. He said, I'm writing you that were called. But he said, not only were they called in the past, he said, and are sanctified by God the Father. He said, not only in the past were you called, he said, right now in the present. <laughs> You're sanctified by God. You know what it's saying? So many times we think in our life, well, well God forgives us for our sin, but then it's up to us to clean ourselves up and do the right thing. No, you know who it is that cleans us up and helps us do the right thing? It's God. In our own self, our righteousness is as filthy right. But what we've got to do is allow him to work through us so that we can be sanctified. So we can, that word sanctified, it really has to do with growing closer to be more like Christ every day. He said, in the past you were called, in the present you're sanctified. I'm growing you up to be more like me. But then the third thing he says, he said, you're preserved. For your preserved, you're preserved for the future. You know what Jude was telling them? You don't have to worry. If you trusted Christ as your Savior, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we don't have to worry when we die what happened to us. We don't have to worry. We're preserved by the Son in Jesus Christ. But then we go to the next verse in verse 3 and we see the greeting of Jude. Jude comes back and he gives them, he says, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. He just, again, he gives them three things. Mercy, peace, and love. Why do you think they need mercy, peace, and love? You know the reason why I need mercy? I need mercy because of my sinful condition. You know the reason you need mercy? You need mercy because of your sinful condition. <laughs> You know why you need mercy? You need mercy because of your sinful condition. You know, for us, when I go to God, you know what I want is mercy. I don't want what I deserve. So many times you'll hear people getting up and, and especially during this political season and stuff, and, you know, you deserve this. You deserve that. No, you know what we all deserve? We all deserve hell. It's what we deserve. But you said, I'm praying that mercy will be multiplied to you. 
we need mercy because our sinful condition. The next thing he said is peace. You know, they needed peace because of the surrounding turmoil that was going to be there around them. They were being pulled on every hand. People trying to convince them to sin. Temptations all around. And you know, during that time, he said, you just need peace. You ever had somebody trying to tug at you to do something that you didn't really know what you wanted to do? Then you just want to be at peace. I heard the testimony of uh, Rich Mullins, or a testimony that he did on a YouTube video. And I don't know if y'all know who Rich Mullins is, but he wrote a lot of songs that sung today. He's been dead for a number of years now. Uh, but he's written some very powerful songs. And one of them, just in the last few years, I think it was Big Day Week, redid it. But in that song, he says, You're my king of glory, but I need you to be my prince of peace. And he said, The testimony he gave. He talked about how that through his life there were things that he dealt with as far as temptations and sins and in his life. And he said that someone advised him to take somebody with him when he went away on these uh, places he would go to visit and sing. He said they were in Amsterdam. So the guy that was staying in the room what with him, he thought, you know, if he'll go on to sleep, I'm just going to slip out and go down into Amsterdam. You know, there's all sorts of trouble he get into. And he said, he kept waiting for the fella. He said, now when he starts snoring, I know I'm going to sneak out. You may think, Oh, goodness, he's an awful person. How many times in our life we can strive and say, you know, I believe if this will just happen, I can do this and not get caught. But he said, if you late there that night, he said, I don't, you never did hear him snoring. He said, I don't know if he ever went to sleep. And he said, he got up. wrote that song. And it says, Holy Jesus, I'm shaking like a leaf. You've been my king of glory. I need you to be my prince of peace. During these times of tribulation, these times of temptation, God, let me know your peace so that I may fall in sin. But then he comes back and he says, not only mercy and peace, you said, 
I'm going to love the most fine. You know, love because of spiritual love. Jesus what they were going through. They were being attacked. You know what they needed? They needed to know God loved them. You know, for us, we need to know God loves us when we're going through times of trial. I don't know about you in your life, but I've looked through some times in my life, and we'll look as, the, as we're going through the passage, where at one point, like Jude begins to talk about those that are attacking spiritual leaders. And actually, this, on this past Wednesday night, we were going through Revelation chapter 2, one of the churches, they were making accusations against the, the, the pastor there at the church. And I told them, I said, you know, out of all the battles in my life that I've fought, where somebody was attacking me, I don't know that I could ever remember one that's bothered me that's come from outside the church. And actually, the only thing that I know of somebody that had nothing to do with the church is that they said, well, I, I just don't want to go over there. They love Jesus too much. That didn't seem to bother me too bad. You know? But I've had times in my life where I feel like I've been under attack in which it it's just Satan tries to get you discouraged where you just feel like you're under attack from everybody and you just think, God does anybody love you. Does anybody love you? And here they were realizing they need to realize God loves them. They need that love multiplied for them. But then we'll begin in verse 3 and we start looking at the reason for the letter. He said, Behold, why well, was very diligent to write to me. I was telling y'all the truth. I don't know if we'll make it out of the introduction. We're going to make it out of the introduction. This is not working. <coughs> I told you we're going to stop when it's time to stop, right? One of the commentaries I was reading said that verse 3 they said a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers I'm sure has felt this way in the past. Thinking God I was going to show up and let's preach and everybody shout the house down. But instead you got to get up and preach against sin. Preach against warning someone. And here, what did you say? I was very diligent to write to you uh, concerning our common salvation. You know what Jude was saying? I really want to write you a letter. And I want to just talk about our salvation that we have in common. I want to talk about what God is doing for us. He said, but I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you, encouraging you, telling you to contend earnestly for the faith 
which was once for all delivered to the saints. You know what he said? He said, I want to write just about what God's done for us. But he said, I've got to write to tell you to contend for the faith. And if we look at that word there for contend in the Greek, it means like the, the compound word there, the root word of it, is where we get our word agonize. And in the Greek, it really was used like during a wrestling match. When somebody's out there going and trying to win, they give every bit of the energy they have. You know, if you're trying to wrestle and you can't, you don't seem to win, you're getting putting everything in that you have. That's what Jude said. Week before last on Saturday or last Saturday, not yesterday, a week ago, Pete came over and brought Joey's tractor with moving some stuff. We had this big log with moving and trying to get it pushed over into the thing, into this ditch. <laughs> and had it up and I was pushing and Pete was pushing and Joy was pushing and I, we got that thing up so far and I mean we just I mean it's just I tell you I don't know they might have been slacking off if I was putting everything out <laughs> I mean I just I was drunk huh? and we got up to a certain point and we got well, you know if it just get a little bit more get it on over <coughs> we got up this and I know he'd start hollering, don't quit now, don't quit now. <laughs> you know what? That's what Jude was telling me. You got everything you got in, but don't quit now. We nearly got this thing. He said, continue earnestly. Don't give up. Don't quit now. We nearly got this thing. Just so you'll know it did go on over. So, but don't give up. Contend earnestly for the faith. He comes in verse 4, he said, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. You know, these folks that came into the church, they didn't boldly come in and say, I'm going to cause problems. He said they crept in, they snuck in with stealth. You know, in your life, isn't that what happens when you begin to turn away from God? Very few people wake up and say, well, today I'm going to become a heathen. But slowly, Will begin to sneak into your life. <coughs> you know, they say if you take a frog and drop it in a pail of boiling water, it'll jump out. But if you put it in a pan of cool water and begin to turn up the heat, it can boil it and it'll never jump out. It'll never realize. 
Yet that's what happens in so many times in our lives. Slowly something will move them. He said they were they were unnoticed. He said long ago we're marked out for this condemnation. You know, here we don't know exactly if Jude was saying other people have warned you. Or it's something that's happened in the past and it's coming back again. But it's a beginning. But they've slowly moved in. And then we see a progression here. Ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if we look In this progression of apostasy, first, there's the rejection. They reject God's authority. So they were ungodly. You know, for us, when we sin, when we fall into sin, really, what's the first thing we do? We really reject God's authority, don't we? Don't it all start in our mind? We know what's right. And we decide in our mind. Well, I don't really know if God really means it, but that's what I need to do. We begin to reject the authority of God. What did Satan do in the Garden of Eden when he came to Eve? Is really that what God is saying? <clears throat> Do you really think he means? We begin to reject God's authority. Ungodly means. But not only do we see rejecting God's authority, we see rebellion. They acted out their decision to pursue their own lust. What did it say? Who turn the grace of our God into this? Because God has forgiven them, because God would forgive them, they begin to act out on these sins that they were contemplating. They first thought it, and then they did it. In our life, when we before we see what we usually do, what do we always do? We think it, and then what do we do? We do it. The third part of the progression, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the last of the third step there. Rationalization. They denied what Jesus had done, what God said. When we see what we do, we think it, we do it, then we try to rationalize and make an excuse for why we did it. Isn't that right? We all say it more than Right? 
know, that's where where they were getting into apostasy. After they did it, well, first off, they should have never did it. But after they did it, they should have repented instead of trying to deny that what Jesus said was right and rationalize their sin. You know, in our life, that's what we do. We think about something somebody's done, and I'll tell them off next time. Then we go tell the person off. Then what we do, we try to make up the reason why it was all right to go ahead and tell that person off. Right? I know Jesus said turn the other cheek, but, you know, they didn't talk about Jesus like they did. No, they didn't. They just spit at him and preached. Right? Right now, we're just on point one, the progression of apostasy. But I kind of think that's where we're going to stop. We'll look as we go through February. How James is going to first give the herald apostasy, give us an example. And then he comes back and encourages the church. And Jude ends with a great doxology. Probably one of the greatest in, in the scripture. <coughs> but you know, for us today, I hope as we look especially at the beginning of the chapter where Jesus is trying to encourage the church. Now, I know, first off, we'll be encouraged because God loves us, because we can experience His mercy and His peace in times of trouble. We can continue to go ahead because of his love. And you know, for us, I just want us to agonize. Contend for the faith. Contend for the faith here at Camp Town, but for each one of us, contend for the faith in your life. Because each one of us are having influences on others in the community, in your family, in the church. And I hope Mr. James has recognized or has told us and warned us. I want us, each one of us, to be warned today about the progression of ungodliness. You know, first is that rejection of God's authority. God is that really what you need. In this situation, is it really what you need, or can I go ahead and sin? You know, there was a rebellion. They went ahead and carried out. The Bible says, leaves. <coughs> Don't know exactly what all it was. But you know, so many times we never really see our sin the way God sees our sin. And after that, they begin to deny. They begin to rationalize. It was all right for them to do that. They rationalized when they should have been repenting. You know, today, where you at in your life? 
First off, do you realize you've been called? Have you had a point in your life where you've trusted Jesus as your Savior? You know, if you realize he has called you, he's the one that wants to sanctify you to draw you closer to his Savior. And he will preserve you. He's given us mercy because of our sins and condition. He's given us peace because of the situation around us. He's given us love because we're engaged in spiritual warfare. We just need to be warned about Satan and apostasy around us. What's God saying to you today? We don't have a time of prayer. Maybe you need to come and pray. Say, God, I'm about to get caught up in something. I don't want to do You might need to pray and say, God, I want to Make sure I do the Lord's in place. Lord, I just need your encouragement today. Realize that you do love Whatever your needs, let's pray. Lord, I just pray. Lord, that you would work in this place. Lord, I pray that today and through the message, God. Some of you will be helped, God, that they can hold you. Lord, I pray today. Lord, you didn't love me. I'm just praying for something. We all can pray for it. Thank you.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.